The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Doctor's Lounge Show with Dr. Hal Schurz. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. Each week, I and my co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, alternate and bring you the information that you need to know about healthcare, about what's happening in the world of medicine, so that you will be armed with the information that you need so that you're prepared to advocate for yourself and for your family. The um, show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the country. And um, we are in dire need of your support and help. And if you are listening to this podcast, it means that you are following us and you're interested in what we're talking about. And we uh, need you. So just while you're on your computer, just go to the d4pcf.com website, Docs for Patient Care Foundation com website and just make a small contribution or a recurring contribution every month, $10, $15, $25. But in order for us to continue to bring you um, this radio show and do the work we're doing, we need your help. So please um, do so today. Um, we can't do this without you. We are working there for you, for your health care freedom as well as the preservation of the doctor-patient relationship. Today, I am going to talk about breaking news. I prepared this show about a week ago, and in the week since this was prepared, the topic has been um, in the news every day, and that is the uh, oversight committee in the House of Representatives uncovering information about truth in government, about malfeasance by the government, the weaponization of the government, and in uh, various um, aspects of our life. In this case, it has to do with the COVID pandemic. And today's show um, really is based on that. What it was entitled was, Can We Ever Trust the Government Again When It Comes to to public health. I think the at this point in history, the answer to that is a resounding no. Just yesterday, Dr. Robert Redfield, the former um, uh, director of the CDC, testified that he was not on board with Tony Fauci, and he threw Tony Fauci under the bus yesterday saying that the narratives that were being spun out of the medicine, the medical group, the doctors who were charged with overseeing the response to the pandemic, the narrative was singularly orchestrated by Fauci to the exclusion of other voices, well, I think it's great that Robert Redfield is saying this now. Where was he two years ago when this was happening? Did did he not have the guts to come out and say that he opposed what Fauci was 
trying to spin and and to to uh, to feed the American public. Obviously, he was not. Today, I'm going to go through with you what has happened over the last couple of years, because what has happened has all been a pack of lies. This is, if you look back at archive shows of this radio show, from Dr. Scott and myself, we've been saying this now since 20, probably the end of 2020. At the beginning of 2020, we didn't know what was happening. But toward the end of 2020, it became apparent that what was going on with regard to COVID was not correct. And we were being told things that were inaccurate. We were being um, forced to do things that didn't make any sense. We were not able to um, share viewpoints. They were being shut down and at great risk to myself and to Dr. Scott, we kept saying something is not right. This is all a bunch of lies. And guess what? We were right the entire time. We were right. And today I'm going to, I'm going to pound those points back home and point out how our government failed us and how in particular one man, Tony Fauci, misled everybody for his own personal reasons, he should be perp-walked. He should be in prison. He should at the very least lose his medical license because doctors for far less have lost theirs for just questioning the COVID pandemic and what was being done to people. They lost their licenses in some states. What Fauci did was far worse. He was, he was either directly or indirectly responsible for the deaths of over a million Americans, for the destruction of our economy, for the lack of education of our young people losing two years of their life. This is a man who is evil, who's been on the cover of Time Magazine and People Magazine and other magazines as the sexiest man or the man of the year or the the savior or the hero. He was a villain. He's a scoundrel. And I'll, I'll explain this as we get into this show, because it's absolutely true. And people are coming out of the woodwork like Robert Redfield, and they are they are supporting that position. Can we ever trust the government again when it comes to our public health? No. It would be one thing if these errors were made innocently, because we all make errors as doctors. None of us are perfect. Medicine is not a perfect science. It's an art. It's a skill. It takes it takes um, empathy. It takes 
knowledge. It, it takes compassion. But but now it seems that there was a willful effort to deceive the public and hide facts. It appears that this has been a giant experiment to control behavior and activity. It was it was a attempt by the left to fearmonger in an attempt to see how far they can go. And they had a willful accomplice in Tony Fauci, who I don't think was political, but I do think he was evil because he had things to hide. When the facts began to appear that refuted the emergency policies that the federal government was putting in place, what happened? They doubled down. They didn't take a step back. They didn't reevaluate. They stuck to their guns. They pounded that narrative and they doubled down. And worse than anything, our government officials, specifically Dr. Anthony Fauci, was complicit, and then he tried to cover up things, and he continued to lie about it, all the while making obscene amounts of money from the pharmaceutical and biotech companies whose untested treatments were being mandated, mandated to be given to people by the government. So let that fact sink in for just a moment. You've got a guy who is telling us a story that was not true about one of the most contagious viruses that we've seen in recent times. And he was in large part responsible for that because of the gain-of-function research that his agency helped to fund in China and he tried to cover it up by telling us that this did not come from a lab but that it came from a wet market. On top of that, he's been in the back pocket of biotech companies and pharmaceutical companies for years, for years. The, I've said this before, over $350 million were paid to doctors in the NIH and the, um, and the CDC and other federal organizations over the last 13 years. And, and, Tony Fauci was at the top of that food chain. And he stood to make lots more money if it were required that the treatments that these companies were producing needed to be given, were mandated to be given to everybody, or they would lose their job, or they would not be able to go to school, or they would not be able to travel, or they would not even be able to be allowed to go to the store to buy food. 
this is this is something that Tony Fauci knew he intentionally pushed this narrative all the while silencing people doctors who actually were real doctors who had clinical experience taking care of patients using off-label treatments that cost pennies that were actually effective but they couldn't allow that to happen because it would be bad for business it would be bad for their own pocketbook so they had to they had to silence those doctors not just silence them they had to create a narrative that these doctors were guilty of being bad doctors of disseminating misinformation disinformation they had to they had to put them out of business they had to take away their license they had to silence them on social media they had to protect the public from these doctors because these doctors were harming patients they were doing a disservice to patients well what they were really doing was they were helping people and they were they were counteracting what our government who were answering to the narrative put forth by Fauci and his and his co-conspirators were selling now that the republicans control the house of representatives new information is finally coming to light thank god now whether or not people see this or not is another story because it will never ever appear on NBC or CBS or ABC because it will embarrass them because they were so gung-ho for this this policy these policies so gung-ho in supporting Tony Fauci and having him on every night to to explain what Americans were facing and what they had to do it would be embarrassing to them to have to admit how wrong they were but they don't believe that they were wrong because they actually may not have um believed the the actual facts in quote air quotes that Fauci was trying to to sell but they certainly agreed with the policy of bigger government of more government control and so they'll never tell you the truth if you want the truth if you want to hear what's going on with these hearings you have to watch fox news or you have to go to c-span or you have to go to some other conservative media outlet online or on radio to hear what is actually happening in these house hearings now finally most officials are admitting that COVID came from a lab leak in Wuhan. How many times have we heard that that was impossible, that that was a conspiracy theory? How many, how many times have we heard Fauci claim that 
that that was implausible, that it was a naturally occurring phenomenon that originated in a wet market. A wet market is a farmer's market. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's no possible way. And there was mounds of evidence to to refute that that silly story. But that was a story that Fauci had to stick to because he was afraid that if information got out there that this came from the Wuhan virology lab, that it was only a matter of time before it became obvious, became evident that this gain-of-function research was funded in large part by tax U.S. taxpayer dollars through Tony Fauci's agency. When Senator Rand Paul, a year ago, in Senate hearings, tried to make this claim, Fauci told Rand Paul he didn't know anything. In fact, Rand Paul knew quite a bit. And he knew exactly what he was talking about. And Fauci was lying to cover his rear. Senator Tom Cotton, who has been assailed by the left for suggesting the absolute crystal clear connection between the Wuhan lab and COVID-19, which is obvious to every sane human being on this planet made this obvious comparison. He said, if there was a chocolate outbreak in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where the largest chocolate factory in the world exists, would we be racking our brains to try to figure out where that chocolate outbreak came from? Seriously, where do you think a rogue viral um, uh, pandemic originated from when you've got one of the largest viral research facilities in the world operating in that same city with a country that is um, known to be engaged in all kinds of illegal activity, including creating biological um, weapons. To this day, the White House is still denying where the virus came from, which demonstrates how vigorously the left will cling to their box full of lies and true misinformation. This is true misinformation. Their narrative that we still don't have consensus about where this virus came from. You hear the secretary, the press secretary, um, Jean-Pierre, saying this. You hear Jake Sullivan, the White House spokesperson, saying this. How, how obtuse do they think people are? You know, the people on the left who are just uh, dire, um, sycophants of Biden will will cling to this, but this just exposes the mental illness of the left, which is is really truly a mental health problem. They are mentally ill, and they 
to to continue on this path exposes that. But what really is is just heartbreaking and sickening is to watch the White House continue to cling to this narrative, which really either shows a lack of guts to call out the Communist Chinese Party, or it implies that there is something else going on, which is collusion with the Communist Chinese Party, perhaps because this president is so compromised by them, or his son is so compromised by them, that this president cannot take a stand against the Communist Chinese Party. And this is happening despite the fact that the U.S. Department of Energy is now reporting in a new confidential report just released last week that the theory that the virus came from anywhere else but a lab leak is low confidence. Even the FBI is now getting behind this because nobody wants to be caught with egg on their face any longer. And I think that these agencies would rather do mea culpas than to continue to cling to this absolute abject lie. Further evidence of malfeasance on the part of Tony Fauci comes from recently discovered emails that show that he commissioned a scientific paper in February of 2020. Remember, the outbreak happened in December, January. So in February, Tony Fauci commissioned a scientific paper to to disprove the Wuhan lab leak theory. Thank God the Republicans have one of the houses now because this stuff would not be coming out if it wasn't for the fact that the Democrats could no longer bury this. This is so important and so critical and for people to understand because this is what you get when the left is in charge of anything. If this is not a wake-up call, I don't know what is. These recently discovered emails that Tony Fauci commissioned a scientific paper to disprove the Wuhan lab leak theory were uncovered by the Republicans who are probing the origins of COVID-19 in their weaponization of government subcommittee. And they showed that Fauci prompted and had final approval on the scientific paper written specifically in February of 2020 to disprove this lab leak theory. Eight weeks later, he stood by President Trump and cited this paper as evidence that the lab leak theory was implausible while pretending it had nothing to do with him and that he didn't know the authors. Just let that sink in. How unbelievable that is. He he commissioned a paper, he edited it, and then he got up in front of the American people and he pretended that this was a paper that 
was out there that he had no knowledge of, but it it supported the wet market theory and refuted the lab leak theory. This is pure fiction. It is pure evil. So here's the timeline to follow. And Miranda Devine from the New York Post deserves a ton of credit as an investigative reporter throughout all of this. And she really um, uh, has spelled this out nicely. On February 1st, 2020, Tony, Tony um, Fauci, Francis Collins, who is the head of the NIH, and at least 11 other scientists convened a conference call to discuss COVID-19. It was on this conference call that doctors Fauci and Collins were first warned that COVID-19 may have leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China, and it may have been genetically manipulated. These doctors were on this conference call. And remember, Tony Fauci is not a virologist. He's an immunologist. So there were virologists on this call who were telling Fauci and Collins that it was really unlikely this came out of nature. This was a manipulated virus. Well, they were basically told to shut up. Two of these these people on the call, two virologists, were later awarded $9 million from the fund that Tony Fauci oversaw from taxpayer dollars. But three days later, on February 4th, four participants on this call authored a paper entitled, quote, The Proximal Origin of the SARS-CoV-2, end quote. And they sent this draft to Fauci and Collins. And prior to the final publication in Nature Medicine, the paper was sent to Fauci for editing and approval. Now, the paper's co-author, Dr. Christian Anderson, admitted under oath to the House Oversight Committee that Fauci prompted him to write this paper with the goal to disapprove the lab leak theory. On February 12th, that's 12 days after this conference call, Anderson submitted the paper to Nature Medicine with a cover email. And quote, there's been a lot of speculation, fear-mongering, and conspiracies put forward in this space. This paper was prompted by Jeremy Farah, Tony Fauci, and Francis Collins. End quote. Now, Farah was the head of the British nonprofit group, the Wellcome Trust, which historically has been tied to the pharmaceutical industry and to the Gates Foundation. And he was awarded a great job. He got rewarded a plum role as the chief scientist by the World Health Organization last December for his silence and complicity in, complicity in this. On the day this paper was published, emails show that Farrow was pushing a critical change in the narrative. And he said, quote, I'm sorry to micromanage or micro-edit this, but would you be willing to make one change in one sentence? And his change was to replace the word unlikely that the COVID virus was unlikely the result of a lab leak. 
He wanted the word changed from unlikely to improbable, that it was improbable that it was a lab leak. So it would read, it is improbable that the SARS-CoV-2 virus emerged through laboratory manipulation of an existing SARS-related coronavirus. Improbable means too low to inspire belief or implies it's ridiculous. And that's what Tony Fauci and his pals wanted us to think. So the question again is why? Well, it's to cover his tracks. His lab funded the Chinese gain-of-function research. It's for financial reward from the pharmaceutical industry, which we know is um, had had paid Fauci um, a, a lot of money previously, and Fauci stood to make a lot more money if there was just one treatment modality for this virus. Was it political as well? I don't know. I don't know if we can say that. But the real question is, where was the peer review on this paper, which was created within 12 days of a conference call? And that's the problem. These are transgressions by a doctor in medical practice who, if he were some other doctor, would result in him being stripped of his medical license, being humiliated, perhaps being thrown in prison, instead of being lauded and held on a pedestal where he was a rock star and everybody wanted his opinion, which was the only opinion that was the acceptable opinion in this country. And quite honestly, throughout the world. What else has been uncovered about Tony Fauci? Well, documents show that he played a vital role in funneling through a third party roughly $600,000 in taxpayer money to that Wuhan lab in China. And these funds were earmarked for dangerous gain-of-function research. Rand Paul was right, and Tony Fauci lied in front of a Senate subcommittee. That is punishable by prison. Where's his prison sentence? Robert Redfield, last Wednesday and then again yesterday, got up in front of the House subcommittee and testified that last week that it was not scientifically plausible that the virus somehow originated in animals or bats and then spread to humans. That was what he said last week. Yesterday he said that Tony Fauci pushed this narrative because this is what he wanted everybody to believe. He wanted there to be one message. He didn't want there to be any ambiguity. Only one message. So that we can have one direction to go in. Where was Robert Redfield two years ago? That coward. That wuss. Because if he would have said something two years ago, we could have saved ourselves a lot of grief. Fauci knew this 
because the experts told him this didn't come from a wet market. And Fauci was concerned that his complicity in engineering the virus would be revealed, and he needed to peddle a fiction of the natural origin of this theory. Are we at a hard break? I think we are, David. We're going to stop right here, and we're going to talk about um, some of the big lies that have been unmasked since this COVID pandemic nightmare has been foisted on us. So please stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back in the doctor's lounge, and today we are discussing how can we ever trust the government when it comes to our public health, when they so willfully covered up a catastrophe of this magnitude that cost over one million Americans their lives. Um We've been saying this, Dr. Scott and I, for the last two and a half years, at great risk, as I've said before, to ourselves and to our reputations, because we knew that this was all a pack of lies. And it turns out that it was. And and people like us were were being vilified and and silenced and doxed and and it it cost us patience and referring doctors because we had the guts to speak out against what was going on all the while telling the absolute truth about about what was happening and trying to expose the pack of lies and the and the liars who were responsible for this Dr. Marty McCary, who is a friend and uh, he's now a big shot on Fox News. He's one of their main medical contributors. He's a he's a, a brilliant uh, uh, surgeon at Johns Hopkins and has been uh, writing about about our broken health care system and specifically um, uh, opining about all the 
the wrongs about what has happened during this pandemic wrote a nice piece in the New York Post about the 10 myths told by COVID experts that have now been debunked, um, which I'm going to go through. But he gave um, the public health community some cover because he pointed out that the recommendations I'm, I'm sorry um, he meaning um, uh, Tony Fauci um, he uh, pointed out that the recommendations were being made by um, what was known at the time and Marty McCarry um, acknowledged that uh, Tony Fauci claimed, uh, look, we were doing the best we could with the information that we knew at the time. And that that is um, just, you know, maybe there's a smidge of truth to that, but the, the, the vast majority of that statement's a, an absolute lie. Um, in medicine, you go with the data, data that you have at, at hand. And the problem is that they were not just wrong, but in some cases they were criminal because they refused to change directions, refused to change directives in the face of new evidence that kept coming out. Now we know that so much has been covered up. And when a study did not support the views of Tony Fauci or the policies of the federal government, they dismissed those studies, they dismissed that information, and they censored opposing opinions. At the same time, the CDC weaponized research itself by putting out its own flawed studies in its own non-peer-reviewed medical journal, MMWR, um, that's the the um, the proceedings of of the of the CDC. Public health officials actively propagated misinformation that ruined lives, that killed people, and forever damaged public trust in the medical profession. I'm not sure that it will ever be reestablished. I'm not sure that they can ever get it back. But here are 10 ways that Americans were misled. <coughs> Number one, natural immunity offers little protection compared to vaccinated immunity. There was a study in Lancet Journal, it's a, a very um, well-respected British journal, that looked at 65 major studies from 19 countries on natural immunity. The researchers concluded that natural immunity was at least as effective as the primary COVID vaccine series, the first group of vaccines that were being used against COVID. In fact, the data was there all along. From 160 studies but despite these findings of these studies, it violated Facebook's, quote, misinformation policy. So those studies were never discussed. They never got out there. 
those who recovered from COVID were protected against severe disease. This was the experience of nearly every single practicing physician during the pandemic. And, and that's, and that's absolutely the truth. But you didn't hear about that because any doctors who claimed that were being silenced on social media. Most Americans who were fired from their jobs for not having the COVID vaccine already had antibodies. But those antibodies were not government-approved antibodies. They did not recognize those antibodies because they came from natural sources. It didn't come from the manufactured sources that the government wanted people to have. Those were the only acceptable antibodies. And we now know that that immunity was no better than natural immunity. And in many ways, natural immunity was far better than this manufactured immunity. And they knew about this from the very beginning. Myth number two, masks prevent COVID transmission. How many times have you heard me talk about this. Well, there were a, there was a Cochrane review. A Cochrane review is considered the most authoritative and independent assessment of evidence in medicine. So one was published last month by a highly respected Oxford research team, and they found that masks had no significant impact on transmission. CDC director, current director, Rochelle Walensky poo-pooed that argument or that, that study, arguing that the study was flawed because it focused on randomized controlled studies. Let me say that again. She denounced this highly respected study because she said that it was flawed because it depended on randomized controlled studies. What? That is the gold standard in medical evidence, randomized controlled studies. I don't even know what she's saying. I don't know what she's thinking. No sane doctor would even say something like this. For her to say that is just blindly accepting a narrative that makes no sense solely for the purpose of either ideology or protecting your job because it makes no sense in fact there is no reason why we need to be wearing masks today and yet that's happening still in hospitals around the country in doctors offices in fact, some businesses are, they have signs on the fronts that say, masks suggested. What for? They don't do any good. So, this is, this is myth number two that has been debunked. Masks did not prevent COVID transmission. Myth number three, school closures reduce COVID transmission. Well, the CDC ignored the European experience of keeping schools open, most without mask mandates. And the transmission rates were no different in these European schools 
as evidenced by studies conducted in Spain and Sweden than they were in U.S. schools. So our kids in this country lost two years of their lives educationally. That will never be reclaimed by this generation. This is a lost generation. Thanks to these policies and thank you, Dr. Tony Fauci. Myth number four, myocarditis from the vaccine is less common than from the infection. Big lie. How many times have I said this on this radio show? Public health officials downplayed concerns about vaccine-induced myocarditis, citing a number of poorly designed studies, not randomized controlled studies like Rochelle Walensky poo-pooed, but poorly designed studies that undercaptured the complication rates of the vaccine. And there are many studies, many studies that showed just the opposite, that the vaccine resulted in significant morbidity, specifically myocarditis. We now know that myocarditis is six to 28 times more common after the COVID vaccine. And tens of thousands of, um, and, and it's, let me, let me say this again because I, I, I want to get this right. Myocarditis is 6 to 28 times more common after the COVID vaccine than after the actual infection in the age group 16 to 24 year old. Those are the age group that we see these kids dropping dead on sports fields all across the country, including in the NFL, having a, a, a almost fatal myocardial infarction. Or um, he didn't have a myocardial infarction. I, I misspoke. He had a cardiac arrhythmia. Nonetheless, it was a cardiac event in a young man, 23 years old, in top physical shape, who was mandated to get the vaccine by his employer. Tens of thousands of children likely got myocarditis, mostly subclinical, from the COVID vaccine that they did not need because they were healthy or because they had already had COVID. This is one of, we're going to look back on this, and this is one of the biggest malpractice um, efforts, one of the biggest um, missteps in medicine ever in the history of our country. Again, due to this misguided plan, due to this, due to Tony Fauci. Number five, the next myth that was debunked. Young people benefit from a vaccine booster. Boosters reduced hospitalizations in older high-risk Americans initially, but the evidence was never there that they lowered COVID mortality in young patients, especially young healthy patients. And that's why the CDC chose not to publish its data on hospitalization rates among boosted Americans under age 50. They did so in Americans over age 50, but they neglected to publish it in Americans under age 50. They had that data. They didn't publish it because it refuted their narrative 
that people needed boosters. The White House pressured everyone to get boosters. They pressured um, businesses to fire people if they did not get their employees boosted. The White House recommended boosters for all, and this pressure was so intense that the FDA's top two vaccine experts resigned in protest and wrote a scathing article on how the data did not support boosters for young people. Vaccine. Here's myth number six. Vaccine mandates increased vaccination rates. President Biden demanded that workers, regardless of risk or natural immunity, be fired. They demanded soldiers be dishonorably discharged and nurses be laid off despite a critical staffing crisis. The mandate was based on the theory that vaccination reduced transmission rates. These, this is still, this is still happening. Something that was later proven false. Despite the broad recognition that vaccines do not reduce transmission, the mandates still persist and still do to this day. It happened, it's happening in the military. It's happening in professional tennis where Djokovic cannot get into this country because he is, um, not vaccinated. Um, a recent study from George Mason University, um, de- details how the vaccine mandates in major U.S. cities had no impact on the vaccination rates. And they also had no impact on the COVID transmission rates. Um, hang on, I'm just... The um, myth number seven, COVID originates from the Wuhan, the COVID originating from the Wuhan lab is a conspiracy theory. Well, Google admitted suppressing searches of, quote, lab leak during the pandemic. And we covered this already in the first half of the show. So I'm not going to go through that again because I want to get to the last three myths. Number eight, it was important to get the second vaccine dose three weeks, three to four weeks after the first dose. They said that there was a temporal need to get it within that period of time. Well, the data was clear in the spring of 2021, just months after the vaccine rollout, that spacing the vaccine out by three months reduces complication rates and increases immunity. So it was better to wait longer and not give it quite so soon after the first dose, and that perhaps it increased morbidity giving two doses so close together. In fact, if they would have spaced it out further, then more lives may have been saved because more Americans may have gotten a vaccine that was in limited quantity at that time, at the height of the pandemic. Why they came out with three to four weeks was completely arbitrary and it is a little bit baffling and there's got to be some motive involved there that we still don't know, but I'm sure that it was beneficial to the 
pharmaceutical companies and Tony Fauci was um, being uh, told that this was what the pharmaceutical companies recommended. Myth number nine, that data on the bivalent vaccine is crystal clear. Well, Dr. Ja, he's that brilliant immun, uh, I, I guess he's an epidemiologist. He's the expert on ABC and he's now part of the Biden healthcare team. He famously said, um, this despite the fact that the bivalent virus, um, was being ap- approved by data in just eight mice. In other words, he said that the data was crystal clear based on some information that they had in eight mice. Um, To date, there's never been a randomized control study of the bivalent vaccine. And Dr. Uh, McCary stated that the data being crystal clear in young people that they should uh, not get the bivalent I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong. If if the if the bivalent virus was not used, so many people's lives would have been spared who got myocarditis, young people who were healthy because they did not need that that um, vaccine. Myth number 10, one in five people get long COVID. Well, the CDC claims that 20% of COVID infections can result in long COVID. That's long lasting effects of COVID. But a UK study showed that only 3% of COVID patients had residual effects lasting 12 weeks. So why the disparity? Well, it's often normal for people who got sick to experience mild fatigue or weakness for weeks after being sick or being inactive or not eating well. And calling these cases long COVID is a giant lie. But to um, continue to perpetuate this lie was important because the effect, the efforts to stop COVID because long COVID was so devastating was important. It was important to take every measure to stop COVID to prevent the effects of long COVID. But the most amazing thing that despite the unmasking of all of these misinformations conveyed by the CDC, conveyed by public health officials, is that there have been no apologies for holding to their recommendations for so long after the data became so apparent that they were so dead wrong. And they are still in denial. In the absence of good data, the public health officials chose the path of stern paternalism. They said people must do these things. They must take a vaccine. They must get boosted. They must stay home from school. They must wear masks. They must social distance. They must shut down their business. They gave people no choice, even though there were Questions, even though there were ambiguities, even though there was knowing information that was different from what they were telling the American public. <clears throat> they were spinning a story to advance their political agenda to control people 
to control the economy, to be able to spend money on emergency COVID relief, which that money has not been spent on COVID relief, but reallocated to other projects, other pet projects like a green initiative and other leftist wish list um, ideas that would never have been able to get sent, spent, or or been able to move forward without this pandemic existing. Will we ever be able to trust our federal government when it comes to public health? Well, the answer is not as long as the left is in charge, because the left are evil. The left does not care for people. They only care for power and control. And everybody who lives under these kinds of regimes are merely tools. They're puppets. They are insignificant to the people at the top. So wake up, America. Pay attention to what's going on in Washington right now because the light is being shown on what has happened over the last couple of years, and maybe people will wake up to this mental illness that is overtaking our country. Thanks for being with us today in the Doctor's Lounge. Come back with us next week with Dr. Scott and then with myself in two weeks. Thanks again for being with us. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.